Welcome to the podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. My name's Amanda Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia as I was diagnosed with it over 11 years ago. And today's guest is Julie. So welcome to the show. Well, hi, Amanda, and thank you for inviting me. I'm honored to be here and to connect with your community. Thank you so much for doing this. I would like to know, you have your own journey with fibromyalgia, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, it hit me the hardest when I was living at home it was about 30 years ago, I was living at home with my children. And I decided that I wasn't going to be happy anymore living in the state of Illinois. I was a horse trainer, I worked outdoors, I hated the weather, (laughs) it made my it made my body hurt. And I wanted to move out of state, my family lived in a warmer climate. And I wanted to move. And my husband didn't want to move. And I was trying to convince him that I couldn't be happy living in Illinois. I was trying to emotionally manipulate him without realizing what I was doing. And um, I got a really bad dose of fibromyalgia. It was really, really bad. And it would get triggered when I would wear certain types of clothes My body is really sensitive to synthetic materials, particularly acrylic. And that would trigger like one spot in my back that would really, really get inflamed. Um, And I just had a lot of pain that was a little debilitating. I actually had to take a break from um, doing the work with the horses because I was afflicted so much through my neck and shoulders that I was having trouble like saddling and lifting and doing the heavy physical part of the job. And I went to a naturopath or a napropath, not a natural, a napropath. It's funny because his name was Dr. Stretch and he stretched me out all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, he would do massage and he would do the electrostimulation and And he recommended that I um, maybe get some antidepressants to manage it. And I did that and um, went on with my life trying to do that. And I ended up buying a horse farm and moving and really started working hard because before that I was just working at somebody else's facility part-time. And, you know, I took the antidepressants and I would make me groggy in the morning, but it definitely helped manage the the fibromyalgia. And it's sort of like uh, dissipated and and wasn't really affecting me that much anymore. And I continued on through life. And actually, I was very happy. I was living my childhood dream. I always wanted to be a horse trainer and I had my own facility and I was um, had great clients and I was teaching equine science programs at the community college and doing um, regional clinics at the regional horse festivals and, um, did a lot of fun things, very physical. I learned that proprioception helps fibromyalgia. Proprioception is the action of the neurological system. Um, and like an example, here's an example. Like if you're walking outside, 
on the um, muddy, frozen, muddy ground and there's ruts and they're frozen. So the ground is like really uneven and you have to walk across that. And when you walk across that, your nerves and your feet feel what's happening and then they get triggered and send signals to your brain on how to adjust so that you don't fall so that you can walk normally. So that's what proprioception is. It's your neurological system firing and feeling things and then sending signals to your brain. And I found that when I was involved with activities that use proprioception a lot, it really helped manage the fibro because for me, it really manifested through my neurological system. Um, but anyway, I had a beautiful, joyous life working, working with the horses. And then I got ill in 2015. I got, I got really ill. My digestive system started to shut down and... Um, I started losing weight. The doctors couldn't help me. I had pain when I ate food and couldn't eat anymore. I started losing weight. Um, my bladder was shutting down. Then I was injured. I went cross country skiing and I was injured and I was, uh, in a wheelchair. So all my activities stopped completely. And, and that was really like the last straw on the camel's back. And my body completely started shutting down and breaking down. And I was depressed and I was in pain. I was emaciated. The doctors gave me medication to help my bowels work. And that went right through my leaky gut into my brain, triggered my neurological system really bad. I developed terrible anxiety and the fibromyalgia came back full force. It was terrible. And I really, I wanted to die at that point. I, I had nothing to live over anymore. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't take care of myself. I, I couldn't eat. I was wasting away and I was always in pain. But I did start to, um, you know, I was, uh, my sister's a therapist and she recommended, you know, to get some help. And I started doing some somatic therapy and touch therapy. And I started restorative yoga. Now that was really helpful for me because that started working my neurological system. You know, yoga uses a lot of balance and balance uses your proprioception. And when I started using my body again and activating my neurological system, it helped a little bit with the um, fibromyalgia. I also got into meditating and that was very powerful I actually used meditation to release um, the negative emotions and habits that I had been carrying, the anger, hate, resentment, you know, lack, um, judgment, and all those things. And that was very powerful for me. I, I do, I did learn that my brain and what I think and what I allow myself to think and feel does affect my health. Um, I also got into sound healing and uh, discovered um, working with tuning forks um, that you can place on the body that are tuned to different frequencies. And that was very, very relieving to the, um, basically sound and vibration was very relieving to the fibromyalgia. Like 
I remember once when I was really bad and I couldn't sleep and there was a storm that blew in and I sat in the rocking chair and I was rocking in the rocking chair and, and my nerves were just in my shoulders and back were just, just really flaming and flared. And, um, there was a guitar sitting behind the rocking chair and there was a quilt, an Afghan over the back of the chair. And when I would like rock back, the Afghan would tap on the strings of the guitar and make like a little ding, ding. And it did it like in rhythm with my rocking. And let me tell you something that gave me relief. The rocking motion, the sound, that little dinging, like in rhythm with my rocking completely unwired my neurological system. And I was also involved in drumming. And when I originally got involved in drumming, I did recreational drumming. But as I went through my illness, I discovered that drumming was healing because it entrains our bodies. So when your neurological system is all fired up and like going crazy, you can take that and interpret it to a rhythm and play it on the drum. And like, if it's a fast rhythm, cause it's matching like the anxiety and the wiredness of your neurological system. And then you start slowing that rhythm down. As you play the drum, you intentionally start slowing the rhythm down, start slowing it down. And that entrains your body and your neurological system and your heart and your respiratory system. And it helps your neurological system settle down. It's like when you're out shopping and they, on the store speakers, they play like a really fast upbeat song. Like a lot of times we'll like start walking faster to like match the rhythm of the song. So that's what happened. So I learned that I could use rhythm to help relieve and calm my neurological system which would then tone down the fibromyalgia. Now, another thing that happened for me is that I ran, I, the doctors really couldn't help me physically. Um, they didn't know why I was losing weight. They couldn't figure it out. They wanted to do surgery. Of course, I couldn't get them to take stool samples, but um, I decided to switch and go to functional medicine. And I got a lot of help from the functional medicine doctor. They did do stool samples. I was overridden with four different parasites, completely trashed my gut, gave me leaky gut. Um, that's what caused the digestive disruption and so that I couldn't eat food. And another thing that he did for me is he gave me a book to read. And the book is called Earthing, The Most Important Health Discovery Ever. It's by Clinton Ober, Dr. Stephen Sinatra, and Martin Zucker. But you can just like Google Earthing, the book Earthing, and it'll come up. Um, so I read the book, and it's all about um, electromagnetic field frequency toxicity, and they call that EMF. And, you know, we're all sort of subject to it. Like natural sources cause EMF, like the full moon, sunspots, solar flares, lightning, electrical and frontal storms, 
And man-made sources also generate EMFs like cell phone towers, internet technology, especially 5G is really heavy with EMF, um, all wireless communication forms, um, even like the old wireless phones, um, high power lines, low orbiting satellites, and uh, low frequency appliances, lamps and fans, everything carries EMFs, you know, the smart meters they're putting outside all the homes to read the electric and gas and water, that's all carries Wi Fi. So the book talks about how toxic the EMF frequencies are, and how it affects us, like what it causes in our bodies, like dizziness, insomnia, headache, irritability, fatigue, muscle tension, fertility issues, neurological disruption, and digestive dysfunction are all tied into EMF. Um, it actually shows that exposure to EMF modifies your gut microbiome because it reduces the growth of good bacteria and increases the growth of bad. It also shows, research also shows that um, the, there were tests to test the brain glucose metabolism, and that showed that the areas of the brain would spike with activity near wherever a cell phone was, was if you keep a cell phone near your head. And that would um, affect the regions in the brain that is, are associated with decision-making and sensory-aided self-awareness. There's a lot of research out on it. But anyway, to help, um, we can shield ourselves from EMF and we can ground ourselves. And grounding is uh, the easiest way to ground is making direct contact with the natural earth by walking barefoot or sitting on the ground, you know, sitting in the sand, sitting in the grass, walking, touching, I mean, hugging a tree that's alive, you know, touching, touching a house plant that's potted in a live soil, that's even grounding. Um, so that's really powerful form of grounding. In fact, I was so sick when I found out about this, that it was like August. So I pulled out my pup tent and I put it in the backyard and I started sleeping on the ground. Now I couldn't use my sleeping bag because it was synthetic. So I had a like usable blanket and I got like a leather coat and used that as a pad on the ground. Cause anything that's natural, leather, wool, linen, silk, all those are acceptable and those all help um, their carriers. So they let the um, frequencies from the ground, the, the earth actually has electromagnetic frequency within it. And when the earth releases it, it comes out in the form of lightning. Um, but the earth's energy can actually help shield us from the electromagnetic frequencies that are toxic to us. It's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. I don't really know the science behind it. I only know what I experienced. Um, so you can also get grounding straps for your shoes um, so that every step can be therapy. But of course you have to be walking on the ground on natural ground. And um, there's grounding mats that you can use. You can put them on your table underneath your computer so that your arm would touch it while you're using your computer. You can sit on it. If you have natural clothing on, you can put it under your feet and put your feet on it. You can have a grounding cord that you can, um, you know, clip to your clothes. And, and as long as the metal touches your skin to help you ground, you can ground by plugging in through a grounding outlet of a standard three prong outlet. The little round hole is like the grounding outlet. 
and um, use your grounding equipment that way. So you don't have to connect with the real ground. If you're indoors, you can connect through a grounding outlet. I have a grounding sheet that I sleep on that has um, metal sewn into the um, cloth that is conductive of the grounding frequency. And all those, using all those things were wonderful. When I started sleeping outside, I became like a new person. Like my energy came back, my digestive system settled down a little bit. I mean, it didn't recover, but it really settled down a lot. My neurological system really settled down a lot. The fibromyalgia went away. My hair and my skin was just beautiful. I felt so good that that's all I wanted to do is go climb in my tent at night and sleep and get a dose of healing power from the earth. And so I slept outside on the ground for like two and a half months until it started snowing. I live in Illinois, so I have to deal with winter. And um, that two months of time um, gave me time to research product products online that I could use them through the winter. So it really makes a big difference. The, the e managing the EMFs makes a huge, huge difference. And I can give like some tips that I've learned that have helped me is first of all, always keep your cell phone three feet away from your body. I actually hired an EMF specialist to come to my home and check my home and and give me advice on how I can make my home healthier. And he did a demonstration where you hold your cell phone and then he tests you and then you set your cell phone three feet away from you. And then he tests you again. And I cannot believe how it affects our bodies to have the cell phone near our body. Um, use airplane mode whenever possible. Try not to sit near people when they're using cell phones. Um, try to avoid cell phones when you're in a car, like roaming, roaming increases EMF because as, as your phone looks for the signal, it's sending out more power and Wi-Fi. If you use earbuds, you can get EMF shielded earbuds. Um, if you use Bluetooth, make sure that you turn it off and disable it when you're not using it. Like I had to learn that because I use my computer with a Bluetooth all the time when I listen to some things mm -hmm. and I always forget to turn the Bluetooth off, but then the computer, when I'm done listening to whatever I'm listening and you turn off the Bluetooth on your Bluetooth speaker, the computer is still looking for that Bluetooth signal. So it puts out a lot more EMFs. Um, turn off the computer at night when you're not using it, even during the day. If you sleep and you need a CPAP machine, if you have a CPAP machine that puts out heat and moisture through the tube, please make sure that the CPAP machine is at least three feet from your head. And if you can replace it with a tube that's not heated with moisture, then you eliminate a lot of EMFs. If you're not real sensitive, it might not matter. Um, smart appliances and personal assistant devices are definitely releasing toxicity. They work on Wi-Fi. 
Um, unplug your unused smart TV and your unused electrical appliances when you're not using them, your blenders, your hair dryers, charging stations are really toxic. Never charge devices in the room that you are in. Always charge them in a different room. Never sleep with charging stations in your bedroom. I can't believe now they're making charging stations at the bases of lamps and stuff for people to put on their nightstands. And it's so convenient, but it's so toxic. And it really, really affects the sleep. And then if you have smart meters outside, if you're like really sensitive, then you might want to um, use shielding paint and paint the interior wall that backs to your outside smart meter. You know, it's sort of a hassle, but then you're shielding yourself from that. Now, I find that when I shield myself from EMF, I am vibrant and healthy and just love life. And when I don't shield myself and I let myself get too much EMF in me, it makes me feel sick and I lose my happiness. It's really hard to stay happy because I feel so bad. Um, if your bedroom walls or windows face cell phone towers, you can use shielding paint on those walls. And you can also get curtains to put across the windows that are shielding. There's also another option. You can buy a shielded net that you can put over your bed so you can have your own EMF free cocoon to sleep in. I haven't done that, but that sort of sounds appealing to me. It does. Doesn't it? I mean, like your own little protection, you know, um, they do have grounding mats for cars that, that clip onto the metal frame of like the seat where the seat attaches to the floor of the car. So if you're driving for any amount of distance in your car, you can use a grounding mat, especially if you're doing a road trip and you're in the car for multiple hours and you have a digitalized car with Wi-Fi. Um, also, if you can avoid areas with heavy computer usage or fluorescent lighting, it's very helpful. Um, I mentioned the natural fiber clothing. That's very helpful. And natural fiber actually allows the positive um, electromagnetic energy to um, go through it. Um, EMF exposure increases the higher you are up. So if you're selecting an apartment or a hotel room, the ground floor is the best. Um, avoid being near electrical generators and overhead wires. Um, in the house, you can unplug extension cords and power strips when they're not in use. Even if you keep a power strip turned off, the fact that you have it plugged into your wall creates a transfer of electricity that releases EMF. So just even just unplug everything that you don't use. Um, I actually had a lot of dirty electricity that the EMF uh, inspector found in my house. And there's actually outlet shields to manage dirty electricity that you can put into your circuits. Um, also, EMFs attract bees and ants. They are attracted to geo stress. And so if you have bees or colonies of ants around your house, then you might be living in an area of geo stress that has higher EMF. My last house was like that. I got really sick when I lived there. I'm so much better that I don't live there now. 
um, water running through sewers, culverts, streets, street drains, and pipes uh, can release EMFs. Um, the water pipes that run into the home that I just purchased do release EMFs, but I am going to have them shielded and mitigated to take care of that. Um, because you can ground your indoor plumbing if that poses a problem. And there's also shielded clothing, jackets, hats, blankets, and scarves that are available. And I also receive homeopathic treatment that my functional medicine doctor does for me. I guess a lot of people don't do this. Not even, not all functional medicine doctors do this. I guess he's a specialist and there's people who travel from all over the world to see him, but he actually creates a little liquid concoction that he puts in a vial, little tiny vials, and I have to wear them against my skin. And so I've been doing that and I've improved a lot. And so my EMFs are completely managed and my fibromyalgia doesn't flare up unless we have a really, really nasty solar flare or electrical storm that will trigger it a little bit, but I can usually do some drumming or do some movement that will harness my proprioception to manage it so that I don't suffer so much. Now, the homeopathic remedy that was in the vials, and I had to wear six vials, which is unheard of at the doctor's office because I was so severely um, sensitive to the EMFs, but I, I always wondered if they really worked. You know, and some days I would forget to put them on. I would just slip them in my bra or in my socks. And once in a while I would forget. And then at the end of the day, I'd be like, well, nothing happened. I felt okay. So I was always wondering if they worked, but then I misplaced them in my home and I couldn't find them for like three days. And by the end of the three days, I started feeling really sick again. And then as soon as I found them to put them on, I got relief after like 20 minutes. So that's been a really powerful help for me. And that validated for me that the, what he's doing for me is very helpful for me. So all those things were really helpful for me to manage my EMFs. And all of that went along with working through the happy for no reason program, which talks about taking responsibility for your happiness, not being a victim, not blaming, shaming, or complaining about things, you know, looking for solutions to problems. If you can't find solutions, then you just have to change your attitude. It talks about um, how we can change our thinking and our emotions and how the brain works and how the brain has automatic negative thought patterns that the brain actually focuses on the negative more than the positive and how if we intentionally focus on the positive and push out the negative, we can retrain our brain. Um, it talks about how we have to open our hearts to uh, forgiveness and gratitude you know, forgiveness and gratitude and love and all those positive feel good emotions release release the feel-good hormones in our body, the serotonin, the endorphins, the neuropeptides, the GABA, and dopamine, like all those make us feel so good. And they're physically 
healing and healthy for us. So the more we can take our minds off the negative things in our life and bring them to the positive things and try to put our thoughts and kindness and, and love and compassion and forgiveness is really important. Like holding anger against people and not forgiving them is like putting us in prison. It's, it's harmful. It, it hurts us. It physically breaks our bodies down. We need to release and forgive people. There's this little story about two monks who met each other in prison and they were tortured severely. And then they were released. And two years after they were released from prison, they ran into each other. And the one monk says to the other monk, so have you forgiven them yet? And the other monk says, no, I'm never going to forgive them after what they did to me. How could I ever forgive them? And the first monk says, ah, I see they still have you in prison. And that's how it is. When we're angry at somebody, we're not punishing them. We're punishing ourselves. I had a lot of anger that I had to release. I had a lot of judgment that I had to release. And the releasing anger and judgment helped me heal. It's just magical. Like we hold emotions in our body, trapped in our body, and we ignore them and we push them out and we don't want to acknowledge them. And we need to acknowledge them and we need to release them and we need to heal them. Like your last, your last um, podcast person, what was she? She was like the people pleasing. Was her name Pam? Like yes. she, she talked about the stuff. And she's right on target. It's like so important. All that stuff is so important. And, and then nourishing your body. And I've got to say that movement, oh my gosh, our bodies have so much wisdom. And I started working with restorative movement and I was like really ill and had a fractured ankle and a torn labrum in my hip. And I couldn't barely do anything, but restorative movement yoga is really like laying on the mat, taking a position and then just staying in that position for a while. And then letting your body like release. Well, it took me two years to learn how to breathe into my back. And it took me two years to understand the concept of surrender and release because I thought restorative yoga was like, you take the position and you hold it. No, you don't hold it because that's active. You take the position, you use blocks or bolsters to, to make yourself comfortable. And then you don't hold it. You let go. You maintain the position, but you let go and you let gravity, you let outside circumstances take over and you allow it to take over. And that's what taught me about surrender. That's what taught me about release. That's what, that's another thing that helped me release those emotions that I needed to get rid of. And those were really powerful for my healing. Very important. So addressing our bodies, our minds, and our hearts and our souls. And I agree with, with people pleasing Pam that can being connected with God is, is really powerful. It, you know, God's got your back and he will 
answer your prayers in strange ways, but he will answer your prayers. I was sick for three years and I'm like, I got really mad at God. I gave up on God because I thought he abandoned me. I did a lot of ministry work in the church and volunteer work at the church. And I couldn't believe he let me get so sick. And I can't believe that then I got injured and then my body was shutting down. I'm like, how can God do this to me after everything I did, you know, for the church? But he was preparing me for my new role, which is what I'm doing now, which is I'm helping people. I'm helping people find a way to healing. I'm helping people tap into the innate healing abilities that they have within themselves. We have healing abilities within ourselves. Don't believe the doctors. If they tell you, you've got something you're going to have forgive forever. Don't believe them. If you believe them, you will have it forever. You will have whatever you believe. If you believe that you can have healing, you can have healing. It's really powerful. That is what my journey did for me. And I've overcome my illness and my gut issues and my neurological issues and my depression and my negative thinking and my judgmentalism. And I don't need to control things anymore. And I'm like a new person and it's so beautiful. And my energy system is so heightened from my energy sensitivity that I developed from that medication that made me so sick, but it started as a curse and it turned into a gift because now I have the sensitivity and I can feel energy from other people. And I just want to grab them. Some of these people will walk by me and I just want to grab them and say, Hey, you can change. You don't have to be like that, but you have to decide to do it. And you've got to commit to it because it's not never overnight. Took me two years of restorative movement to start releasing emotions for my body to start healing from all those negative emotions took uh, over a year of meditation. I did Joe Dispenza's meditations, which are the breaking the habit of being yourself changed my life. And, uh, but I did it for over a year. I did it twice a day and don't believe people. If they say you can't meditate laying down, you can, I was too sick to do it sitting up. I did it laying down and it worked. You just have to be like that old fashioned antenna that was in the wire in the olden days. Um, if you, they had antennas and they put them in the wires, the extension, the electrical cord. So if you plug in your radio, you'd have to stretch out the wire to get reception. Yes. Younger people don't remember that stuff, but if you lay down straight, you're like the antenna when you meditate, that's why, that's why when you meditate, they advise you to sit up. But if you lay down straight and you don't bend your joints and you're just laying straight in your bed, then you are like an antenna and you can meditate just fine. And yes, you might fall asleep, but you know what? That's okay. Cause sleep is healing. That's another thing. That's really powerful sleep. I have to get, I have to get enough sleep. If I don't, my body starts breaking down. The fibromyalgia will come back. If I'm on the computer for eight hours a day, two days in a row, and I stay up late, fibromyalgia will come back. That's too much for me. I have to manage. I have to take certain doses and stay within those ranges. And I do restorative yoga and meditation and Qigong every morning. And that helps me stay resilient and stay healthy now. So the movement is really powerful. I had a lot of things that went into my healing, but most of it I did on my own. And it was wonderful. And I know if I can do it, 
I know everybody can if you want to. Yeah. And that's the truth. I think people say they want to, but then they don't do it. And it sounds like you you take time each day to do the things that will make you feel better. I do or else I can't survive. Right. And it it feels so good. It feels so good to feel good. I was so sick and wanted to die. And it feels so good to feel good that it is so worth the time of getting up early every morning and making sure I do the movement and I do the meditation and take care of what my body needs to thrive. It's, it's so powerful. I really, and I, and you know, it's interesting because I never used to meditate in the morning. I always used to do it whenever I had time for it, but then, you know, sometimes you don't have time. And, And I always felt like it would interfere with my private time with my husband in the morning. Um, but then I finally decided to start doing it in the morning and everybody kept saying, oh yeah, morning meditation is the best. And it is the best. When you first wake up in the morning, before you even get out of bed, you go into this twilight zone and you're in a different brainwave. And it's really easy to access your subconscious when you're in that brainwave. And that is why that's the most powerful time. And it took me a long time to do that and get into that routine. And I did it. And it's the best thing I ever did in my life is start doing that and making that my daily habit. And as a healer, I use um, tuning forks on the body on the acupuncture points, instead of needles. And I use them above the body in the energy field. And I use the voice and I use rhythm and drumming and introspective art, the happy for no reason program and mindful movement. And mindful movement is so powerful because when you do mindful movement, it creates new neural networks in your brain. So you're trying to reset your brain doing movement, mindful movement will help you reset your brain. That's awesome. So can you tell people what mindful movement is if they don't know what it is? Well, I'm using it as a generic term Mm. to reflect moving with attention to how the movement feels physically and emotionally. So for example, if you're on an exercise bike and you've got ear pods on and you're listening to some music or a podcast, or you're talking to your friend on the phone, you're not doing mindful movement. That's mindless movement. You're moving your body and you're getting exercise, but you're not thinking about it. You're not feeling it. You might feel it the day after when your muscles are sore, but you're not actually feeling what's happening in your body. So any kind of movement like yoga is often a mindful movement because a good yoga instructor will call your attention to, oh, feel how that stretch feels over here, you know, and Qigong is mindful movement and Tai Chi is mindful movement, but even working on an exercise bike could be mindful movement 
if you basically tune into how it feels. You could focus on how your foot feels on the pedal while you're pedaling the exercise bike. Does it change as the pedal rotates around? Does the feeling change? Is it different when your foot is on the lower position of the pedal? Is when the pedal rotates up, does the pressure on your foot change? Oh, what happens to my calf muscles when I'm pedaling the bicycle? How does it feel? How does it feel when your leg is more extended? How does it feel when it's more flexed? So any movement can be mindful movement. Walking is wonderful mindful movement. If your mind is on the physical action of walking and how that makes you feel, you know, again, if you're walking and you're talking on the phone to your friends, it's not mindful walking, but if you're walking and you're thinking about how your heel hits the ground first, and then your foot rolls over to the ball of your foot, and then your toes push off and how much weight you're bearing on your feet and how your weight shifts from your left leg to your right leg and how your weight shifts into your hip and to your other hip and how your back stretches. And if you take longer steps, you can feel your lower back muscles stretch more Then it becomes mindful. So it's any kind of movement that you can um, think about what's happening for your body, feeling wise, physically, and emotionally. That's wonderful. Is there anything else you would like to share? There's so much to share. All, all I can say is I just really encourage, I encourage anyone who's suffering to know that you can make yourself feel better just by learning to release those positive feel-good hormones in your body tapping into gratitude, set an intention every morning to wake up and make it the best day of your life. You know, an intention will help you. It helps me get through my day. Like set an intention. You get up in the morning and you stub your toe. You can either say, oh my gosh, I am so grateful I didn't break my toe and that I can still walk. Thank you, God. Or you can stub your toe in the morning and say, oh my God, it's going to be one of those kind of days. Well, what, what kind of scene are you painting for yourself? We create our own realities. We have the power to change our lives. We have the power to make ourselves feel good. It's a long process, but we have it. It's worth it. Do it. That's all I have to say. That's great advice. <laughs> so where can everyone find you? Um, okay. I have a website. It's called julieforjoy.com. That's J-U-L-I. Then the word for F-O-R-J-O-Y.com. And I also have a website that is Julie for Joy uh, on the Facebook page. I have a Facebook page and an Instagram that is Julie for Joy, J-U-L-I and the word for not the number four. And then every month, I actually right now I'm running a free webinar series. It's on the second Tuesday of every month at 730 in the evening. It's called Choose to be Happy. And it is basically going over the Happy for No Reason program that talks about how to change your brain, how to open your heart, how to nourish yourselves in your body, how to reconnect with spirit 
how to take foundation. It goes into the science behind the principles and includes 21 practices that you can do to help yourself. Um, you can actually get a free copy of the Happy for No Reason uh, workbook that has the 21 practices on my website um, for free if you subscribe for it. And um, I am available for coaching for happy for no reason coaching. I do public speaking and group work. Um, I also do coaching for spiritual restoration and healing. I do the sound healing. So I'm pretty easy to find online. And on my, on Facebook, I actually every week do a little live mini video post. Um, just a little inspirational snippet every week, a little uplifting booster that's on Thursday mornings, Thursday, late mornings. Sounds great. I'll put that all in the show notes. Thanks for coming on. You shared so much knowledge and advice that people could start applying to their lives. Well, I hope, I hope it helps somebody somewhere. That's my goal. Thank you for inviting me. You're very, very welcome.